And so I want to welcome you to Grace Assembly. This is our midweek service, and it is an online service for now. And it is very good that I'm led by the Lord to start a series themed Preparing for the New. And this is where you will finally, finally, finally get to know what to do. You can hear a lot of how things should be, but here you're going to find out what exactly you need to do to make your way forward. And I bless God for that. For that. Um, the, the series started two weeks ago when we had Yomi Badejo Kusoya and Conrad Adigwe speak to us on uh, preparing our business and uh, for the new uh, Yomi Badejo Kusoya, who is uh, the group um, CEO for CMC Connect, and he is the outgoing president of the African Public Relations Association, African Public Relations Association, uh, a consummate businessman and a man of God, an associate pastor in the house. And Conrad Adigwe spoke, uh, gave us a lot of um, knowledge, uh, imparted a lot of knowledge to us on preparing for the new in the in the in the realm of uh, information technology. He is also a renowned international IT and business consultant. Uh, resident for now in Manchester in the UK. And after that, just last Wednesday, we had um, um, uh, Kemi Onobanjo-Joseph, who is an associate partner in McKinsey International. And all these people really, really blessed us. And um, I know it's making the rounds, but today God is going to put it in high gear. And so please go to our website and our YouTube channels and, and catch up with what you have missed. Can I tell you, as sad as it is for me to let you know, you really missed a lot. Go to our platforms and you will see the videos uploaded there, loaded with what, just what you need. I want you to know, and perhaps I don't need to tell you that the old has passed away and the new is fast unfolding. And instead of being stunned into a state of paralysis, or simply trying to hide from the ultimate new reality, we need to prepare for it. I have said it before and I say it again, and I hold nothing back. I mean, I don't mean to be bad. The future belongs only to the prepared. I'm going to say that again. The future belongs only to the prepared. And here we're preparing for the new. In the new order of things, the hope that make it not ashamed is the hope that is riding on the back of adequate and thorough preparation. In the new order of things, the hope that make it not a shame is a hope that is riding on the back of adequate and thorough preparation. And because our strength is not so much in what we do, our strength is in the Lord. I'm going to ask you to join me for prayers. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to gather together unto you in the cyberspace. You are God over all things, even the cyberspace. We give to you your due worship, we give to you praise and we want to drink from the fountain of wisdom, knowledge and understanding today because we know as a faithful father, you are, you are set on preparing us for what is coming, that it cannot and it should not work against us or it should work for us. As we prepare, indeed, the scripture will be fulfilled, that all things will work out together for our good, also by the reason of divine intervention and the God factor. And so, Lord, we commit the proceedings of today to your hands. Uh, anoint your, your, your son, our speaker, and myself with a grace to dispense wisdom 
with faith and with love so that all of us, instead of being fearful, will be equipped to make good on what is coming. We give you praise and glory in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Father, bless every viewer from every part of the world. God is sovereign over the whole earth. I welcome you this evening and permit me to read the scripture that sets the, the, the tone for the evening because our own understanding is based on the person of God and the word of God without any apologies. I read Psalm 20 verses 1 to 2, but I read from the contemporary English version of the Bible, Psalm 20 verses 1 to 2, the CEV. It is very important that you get this. It says, I pray that the Lord will listen when you are in trouble and that the God of Jacob will keep you safe. I'm sure you are going to say amen to that. <laughs> How perfect for our situation. The psalmist says, I pray that the Lord will listen when you are in trouble. Oh, talk about global trouble. And when and, and that the God of Jacob will keep you safe from whatever scourge or plague that's going around. It goes on to say, may the Lord send help from his temple and come to your rescue from Mount Zion. Hallelujah. That scripture is up on your screen now so that you, you may not have this translation of the Bible. I want you to see it on your screen. You can use your finger to scroll it down and so that you let it enter your spirit to prepare you so that you can absorb and sponge in all that God has for you today. I pray that the Lord will listen when you are in trouble and that the God of Jacob will keep you safe no matter what is going on around us. May the Lord send help. Help. We need help from his temple and come to your rescue from Mount Zion. And having read that, it brings me to the instruction of the Lord that came to me for your benefit. The Lord instructed me to to send help from his temple. He said, go help my people. Help them get past the trauma of the effects of the COVID, uh, global COVID-19 pandemic and help them reinvent their lives successfully. Post-COVID-19, you need to reinvent your life, but not in the a, in a, in a way of the losers successfully. He says, help them by showing them simple ways, simple practical ways, simple pragmatic and achievable ways to win this battle. Helping them start from where they're at with what they have whilst learning what they also need to know. And we're going to learn a lot of that today. And I pray that this prayer will work for you, that the Lord will listen to you in these days of trouble and the Lord will keep you safe from every God. And now the Lord is sending you help from his temple. Glory to God. And that's why I think this new series, Preparing for the New, and this is where I say again, you'll finally get to know what to do. That's the important thing. How to get to where you want to get to is our business in preparing for the new, this series. And today, we're taking it a little further and we're looking at the subject, stepping out, dot, 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 into reality. Because this reality ain't going nowhere. It's waiting for everyone. Stepping out into reality, it's all about getting ordinary people to finally know what to do. Hallelujah. And stepping out into reality talks about stepping out of the old into the 
dawning reality, stepping out of the old into a dawning reality. And how to really step out of the old and how to step into the new reality successfully without any calamity, any casualty, and not being a victim of times that are not well understood. Um, I have five major subjects that I want our contributor to help us with today. And um, we may not be able to finish all that within the span of 55 minutes before the, the Instagram logs us out. And so we, will, we may have to log in again to gain another 30 minutes or so. Your future is worth a lot more than one hour. Your destiny is worth a lot more than that. And so I want you to bear with us. If we can finish within 55 minutes, we will finish. If we can't, we're going to log out. And when I log back on, you join me again with our guest speaker. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Yes. Nice to have you. And um, I was just saying that no one can stay in the old anyways. You know that. I know that. It's just like when it's time for a baby to be born from the womb of the mother. The contractions will push the baby into the matrix, whether the baby likes it or not, and right out. Crying, scratching, screaming, but you are going to come into this new dawning reality. And so everyone will get into this new reality one way or the other. You can either step into it with dignity or you can fumble and stumble your way into it or even be dragged or pushed out into it in a raggedly way, but that will not be our portion in the name of the Lord Jesus. And that's why with wisdom in our heart, we have a vessel that God has through many, many um, trainings, exposure, um, testing, grilling to prepare for a time like this. And he's no stranger to the house and he's here full of excitement because he is a contributor to the kingdom. And so today I welcome our guest contributor. His name is Steve Harris. And he's fondly called Mr. Ruthless Execution. He and is regarded as one of the Nigeria's leading business coaches. He's also one of the most watched, most downloaded, most quoted and followed business coaches in Nigeria. Isn't that wonderful? He has been profiled in Forbes Africa, The Economist, Slate Magazine, and has, has been frequently listed as one of the world's top 100 business coaches to follow on Twitter. And I must add, he's also a valiant minister of the Most High God. I, with rousing joy, I welcome you, uh, Steve Harris, to our series, Preparing for the New. And I'm going to, uh, I know you're ready to go, I'm going to just uh, get everybody to understand that we have uh, decided to, uh, prof uh, to package this in a comprehensible way in five major areas. Uh, we're going to start with how best to step out of the haze and days the COVID lockdown cast upon everyone, the haze and days. We're going to move on to the, uh, how to ass the assessment of the new reality, waiting for everyone without exception, and how to step into this new reality successfully and retooling so as to be able to be relevant in the new order of things. Uh, and the last one would be, um, there may be another one, um, Harris, let me warn there may be another one. The fifth one is subscribing to the survivor's emotional um, intelligence and mental toughness. Subscribing to the survivor's emotional intelligence and mental toughness. 
So I'm going to, I welcome you, um, Harris, and I want you to start with the first um, subject, how best to step out of the haze and days the COVID lockdown cast upon everyone. For the purpose of people who may struggle with what I mean by haze and days, haze and days is the, is the inertia, the lethargy, the sluggishness, the apprehension and gloominess, fear and negativity that comes with the season. And everybody feels it to some degree or the other. Let me get out of the way. And Harris, you're welcome. <laughs> Thank you so much, Grace Assembly, for this amazing privilege. It's an honor to be back home. Um, I wish I could give you all a hug, but social distancing. Um, <laughs> my arms are wide uh, open to hug everyone. Thank you so much, Pastor, for the privilege. Um, so go straight into your first question um, about how we can surmount the haze and days that we go through. Um, I'm reminded of, you know, the scripture in Kings where... Um, Elijah meets, you know, the widow of Zarephath, um, who, you know, had only a cruise of oil. Um, if we look into the context of that scripture, we remember that Israel um, was in a famine. Um, there had been no rain for three and a half years or so, given by the word of uh, the Lord through Elijah. And people were starving. People were in frustration. There was a recession. Money had failed. Nothing seemed to be working. There was a lot of uncertainty. And that parallels exactly what the world seems to be going through right now. There's gloom, like you, you, you so aptly put it. There's a haze, there's a daze, there's a lot of insecurity and um, uncertainty. Uh, but um, I'm reminded of exactly what um, Elijah did when he met with the woman. Um, he asked the fundamental question and he asked her, what do you have in your house? Um, this is not the time to panic. This is a time for us to be reassured um, in whom we believe. Um, yes, we will take precautions, uh, but just like you know, the, the children of Israel were when they were about to exit us, um, they recognized that they were under a covenant. So whatever was happening in Egypt would not affect those in Goshen. So the first thing you need to remember is do not panic. Number two, you need to also you know, keep your faith in whom you believe, right? Um, the Bible says that all things work together for the good of those who are called according to his purpose. Now, understanding what's going on in the world, you have to think about it that, um, like the words of um, this military strategist, Sun Tzu, um, he said, in every chaos, there is opportunity. All right? In every chaos, there is opportunity. Um, this is an am amazing opportunity to be able to sit back. If you've never been in introspective before, this is the time to be introspective. If you've Never looked at your gifts, your talents, your capabilities. Look at that. Um, unfortunately, there are many employees today um, who are sitting at home and perhaps watching this live stream um, who do not recognize that they do not have a job right now. Um, the fact that your boss has called you is a cause for concern. Um, this is the time you need to be able to sit down and say, what if, if I'm not called back to work? What can I do? What do I have? How can I upskill myself? But this is not the time to be afraid. Um, this is the time to be introspective. This is the time to look at yourself like, you know, like God said to Moses, what do you have in your hands? Um, you know, Pastor Femi, I always say to people that um, fish don't take swimming lessons. Birds don't go to flight school. That's you know right. I mean? 
fish don't take swimming lessons and birds don't go to flight school. So there is something that God has put inside of you that is, that is naturally wired and fired inside of you to be able to succeed. Every time God wants to do something to change someone's life, he asks them to look at themselves. He never asks them to look outside of themselves. So this is the time for you to get in touch with yourself. This is the time for you to be introspective, do some sort of inventory and look at yourself and say, perhaps like the Nigerian police would often say, witty you carry. You know what I mean? This is for us to look at say, what's in my hand. So I don't think that we should be too worried about the haze and days. We shouldn't be too worried and saying, oh, you know, what if, what if. Let's look at, even if the worst happens, you will be positioned correctly, and which is why I'm really thankful that this is what we're doing. Um, I'm reminded of the metaphor. If you've ever seen surfers, um, you know, surf, you know, people are surfing, you know, on the beach. Um, the surfers are able to ride on the waves because they are effectively positioned. And most importantly, they have the right tools, right? So other people may be flapping and swimming and exerting energy, but because the surfer has a board, which is the right kind of tool, and he positions himself to ride with the wave and adapt with every twist and turn, he doesn't exert as much energy as the person who's swimming. In fact, the surfer tends to ride on what other people are drowning in. And I'm super glad that we're here today in this service to be able to say, how do I ride on what people are drowning in? But the two fundamentals you need to look at are, number one, do I have the right tools, right? Do I have the right tools? Now, as we know, a lot of things are being disrupted. You know, there are prayers that we pray that when God answers, we don't know they're the answers to what we prayed for. So sometimes, you know, Pastor, you would preach and say, this is the year that God is going to disrupt you. Everybody will say amen, but you don't know that this is the very disruption that you've been praying for. But you were not positioned to receive what you were praying for. So number one, do we have the right tools? Okay, the surfer can, you know, ride on the waves because he's got a board. Do you have the right tools of technology? Technology is all over with us. Um, I posted something on social media a few days ago, and I said, um, don't just Netflix and chill, YouTube and learn. Right? <laughs> say that again. Say that again. Say that one more don't time. <laughs> just, don't just Netflix and chill, YouTube and learn. Right? So it's the same amount of data that someone would browse and binge watch their favorite series. And please, by all means, watch Netflix, binge watching your series, relax. But by also the same vein, even as you are investing in your entertainment, you must invest in your education. So I've heard people say previously, um, people say, well, you know, this long, don't let anyone stress you and tell you you have to be productive. Listen, if you need a break, take a break. And I, I but, Pastor Femi, this is the interesting thing. Before COVID, a lot of people would say, I don't have time to get that degree. I don't have time for my marriage. I don't have time to work out. I don't have time for none of those things. But now we have all the time in the world, so to speak, and people are still not investing in themselves. So it's not a function. It was never a function of a lack of time. It was a function of a lack of discipline and a lack of focus. So... That's the, that's the challenge. God gives you the same 24 hours in a day. Whether it's pre-COVID or in COVID, you still have the same 24 hours in a day. 
So what are you focused on? It's the same amount of data that you would Netflix and chill that you would use to actually YouTube and learn. So those are perhaps those are the two things that I need to talk about. Number one, um, get the right tools. And number two, position yourself. When the old is about to leave, the new is about to come, right? And if you're not prepared for the new, you will miss your opportunity and you will be like those foolish, you know, um, what's the word? Is it um, maid servants who are waiting for the bride, bridegroom to come, but they didn't have the oil. So they waited the longest time. They were sitting and they were waiting for something to happen. They were waiting for the lockdown to end. They were waiting for things to change. They were waiting for things to be disrupted, but they didn't realize that when, while they were waiting, they were burning their oil. And once the lockdown or once the opportunity came, they were not well positioned and they missed their timing even though they had the right time. And I think that that's the problem many of us have. We, we must miss our timing, even though we right now we have all the time in the world. I hope that makes some sense, sir. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, how can I thank you enough? Let me just capture some of the wonderful things you said. You said for every child of God, nobody's empty. It's a question of, do you know which you carry? Yes, so sir. everybody's carrying some goodness because we have this treasure in earthen vessels. You just need to look inward. You said, no. don't just Netflix and chill, YouTube and learn. That is a quotable. And you said, the problem has never been the lack of time. Even now, we have a lot more time than we could hope for. It's all, and a lot of people are still not doing anything because it's, it's a question of lack of discipline and lack of focus. You said, we can surf in what others are struggling with and also drowning in. If we have the right tools, courage, and position ourselves with the waves. Glory to God. Somebody, uh, somebody out there, it, it, your future has been decoded. You just need to take responsibility and say, Father, the prayer has been answered. In Psalm 1 and verse, uh, Psalm 20 verse 1, it says, you will send me help from his temple. This is helpful. Somebody, and mixed with faith and prayer, the God factor is working on your behalf. You are going to do well in Jesus' name. I, I, I want to thank you for that. I want us to go on to the second um, subject, which is assessing or the assessment of the new dawning reality that is waiting for everyone. Um, a lot of us perhaps don't have very good assessing capabilities, but you can help us here. All right. Um, so one of the things that we need to do is to be a student of history. And we need to look at it and say, for example, in the 1800s, in the 1700s, heck, even in the early, for example, the, the, the only mode of transportation was by horse and carriage or horse and buggy. And then someone like Henry Ford comes in and then he creates the Model T, um, which now disrupts the entire transportation value chain. Previously, um, people were investing in horses. And then with the disruption, people started investing in horsepower. So usually when the old goes, most people are not ready for what happens. And it's those who are able to become early adopters, those who... Um, have a sense of what you might call in business first mover advantage that are able to position themselves. So for example, what are some of the 
disruptions that are happening now that we need to start looking at? Number one, if your business is not going online, you are going the way of the dinosaurs, right? If your business <laughs> is not online, you are Jurassica. You're going to be extinct. Now, going online is no longer just as much as putting your content on Facebook or Instagram. It's now to be able to transcend that and then start building a relationship with your community. Um, I will say this, every entrepreneur who's listening to me, this is the time for you to build your own tribe. This is the time for you to build your own community. This is the time where you need to um, subdue the nations, where you, you, know, you have the, the nations who are submitted to you and they are giving you dues. Allow me to explain. So for example, I'm on Instagram, obviously, and I have slightly over 100,000 followers. I'm verified, and while all that is fantastic for my ego, um, unfortunately, um, no matter the best work I put on social media, it's like I'm um, building a house on someone else's land. Okay, so let me explain. So currently, Facebook, um, Insta, well, Facebook owns Instagram, Facebook, and WhatsApp. Now, for you to promote your content, for you to be more visible to your community, Facebook will charge you, right? It will charge you for ads, it will charge you for promotions, and it's a very fantastic business model. Now, if we're building our house on someone else's land, the day the landowner shows up, he can do anything concerning the land that he owns, and you will be subject to him. So for many of us who are watching, we remember when there was MySpace. MySpace used to be big back in the day. Um, High Five. High Five used to be big back in the day. That was a social media um, you know, platform of choice. Um, now it's Instagram, it's TikTok, it's Snapchat. Th this is my point, fellas. While you are on social media doing what you're doing, promoting stuff, you need to start deliberately thinking about moving social media to your own personal community. Now, what do I mean by that? You need, if you're, for example, if you make hair, you sell wigs or you make extensions, you have people who buy from you. So one of the things you need to do is to become, to show your authority. So for example, rather than just telling people, buy my stuff, buy my stuff, buy my stuff, what you want to do is to siphon them or funnel them from Instagram that you have no control over to your own platform where you can now deliberately market to them through your newsletters and things like that. So what's one of the practical things you can do? You can decide and say, hey, you know what? I'm offering you a free three parts video training or a free PDF. All you need to do is click the link in my bio. You're going to give me your name, email address, and phone number to get this access. If you do that, you get this freebie. Now, once people do that, automatically they are funneled from social media to your own personal repository where you can now begin to create a conversation with them, whether it's WhatsApp, Telegram, email, whatever it is. The point is stop building your house on someone else's land. All right, so that's very important. Another thing, for those of us who are employed, um, you know, we're in other people's establishments, this is the time, right, to show that you can be indispensable to your organization. Now I'm gonna say this, and I said this earlier, if your boss has not called you, right, to either just know if you're still alive or anything like that, please be aware, you probably don't have a job waiting for you because your job is now thinking about the fact that 
he has to be able to cut costs. Many CEOs have had to pay salaries for the first time where their staff did little or no work. And now they're saying to themselves, should I pay you top dollar or should I just give you a pay cut? Or really, do I really need you? So as, a, as, an, employ, uh, 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 as an entrepreneur, as someone in employment, your job is to start showing your organization how to save money through probably virtual technology. Now, does that mean some people lose their jobs? Absolutely. But the goal is it shouldn't be you. Because the person that brings the proposal to Pharaoh and has a plan has a chance to become prime minister. If you don't have a plan, you will go the road of the butler and baker. So um, technology is about to disrupt us. It's, it's been happening for years. But now this is the time to show how valuable you are. This is the time to win the hearts of both your internal and external customers. So ultimately, they will give you their money or give you job security as a reward, sir. Oh, my, 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 my. Oh, Harris, this is hot stuff. And you're, you're making you it look so about, simple. Somebody out about, there, you should say hallelujah. He says, the, the prayer I said is, may God send you help from his temple. Huh? And God is doing that using men that sound like angels. And I want to thank you for that. And to the question of, of how to assess the new reality that is awaiting and is dawning on everyone, you said, just like in the season when uh, people move from riding horses to cars, you said they move from horses to horsepower. So meaning the transition from the past into the future always has a little correlation it's not from horses to something else, but from horses to horsepower. So Absolutely. you can learn from the past and uh, modulate it to where you're going. I like that. You said if your business is not online, you're going in the way of the dinosaurs, which means you're consigned into history. You're going into the museum. And so don't say, I don't find uh, IT easy. There's no question of easy or not. The way you went to school to learn how to read and write and speak English, you got to learn this one. And you said also build relationship with your audience or your customers. And before, you know, it was like they will always come to me. Now you have to go to them, build a relationship and bring them from the social media space into your own design space where you have control. Because one day that social media may not be there. You mentioned some very powerful um, applications that have gone um, south now. And for the employees, um, how to assess the new reality is that it's not about I've got a job and I'm secure anymore. You've got to prove to be invaluable to your employer and you must prove to be indispensable. Because once you are not, it's business sense that you will have to go or your money, your salary will have to go. And that is so, so helpful. I want to go to the third um, subject, which is how to step into this new reality. Let me break down what I, what I mean by new, new reality. New reality is the possible realities people are likely to encounter as we come out of this dark pandemic into a new world. And this new world has, is going to task, uh, is going to require the right mindset for us to be able to thrive despite the challenges. The mindset 
that we don't, if you don't have the right mindset, this new reality may be a, a really a showstopper. So over to you, Harris. Um, thank you, sir. Um, I'm reminded how back in the day, um, for many of us who were watching, we remember when typewriters were the, were the rave. Um, you had to, yeah. if, if you needed to get a document done, you needed to, you know, go get a the typewriter. Be, the best of was IBM. <laughs> yes, exactly. We <laughs> all wanted to own an IBM. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And and for for the typists, their competitive leverage was being able to type fast. So speed was their competitive leverage. So when someone would apply as a secretary or whatever to an organization, and she had a um, secretarial expense. Her competitive leverage was, oh, I could type 120 words per minute. I can type 125 words per minute. That was competitive leverage. But the moment that industry was disrupted from typewriters to the computer, words per minute was no longer a value proposition. The value proposition was now the use of many applications, Microsoft Word, Excel, PowerPoint. And the type, type, typist, who all they could do was ba. Once that was out of the system, they lost all their opportunities. Now, with every boom, right, you have to now say to yourself, how do I upskill? Um, I, was, I was reading some information early, um, early this afternoon, um, and I was, I, I was uh, uh, comparing the critical skills um, that employees needed to have um, in 2015. And, and comparing that to now 2020, the skills have totally changed. So um, the top two skills for the workplace in 2020 are critical thinking, creative problem solving, and um, if I'm not mistaken, emotional intelligence is somewhere among the top 10. So one of the things that I recommend for everyone who's an employee, please, please, please go and look at, just go Google the top 10 skills necessary. Um, I think it's by the, I, I can't remember the institution, but just Google the top 10 T20, you would see the top 10 skills that every organization is looking for. In 2015, the ability to negotiate was competitive leverage. In 2020, machine learning takes over those decisions. Basically, we need to start looking at what the organizations consider as value. So critical, uh, critical thinking, creative problem solving, emotional intelligence, those are some of the skills that organizations are looking for. Now, again, um, beyond that, remember that I said um, a lot of us have had time on our hands during this lockdown. Unfortunately, we've not maximized our timing. Uh, and I'm not trying to rhyme, but the reason for that is, for example, there are many, um, many, many universities right now, all the major Ivy League universities are giving courses for free where you can get a certification and you can get it for free. We've had a lot of time on our hands, uh, but we're not maximizing our timing. Um, and the reason I say this is because it's the person that is hungry that will go and look for food. Um, you can't be hungry and sitting at home in your house. Um, so the person who recognizes that I need to be more, in order for me to earn more, I must first be more. When I be more, I can then do more. When I do more, I can earn more. But if you're not hungry, you're not going to be looking for that personal development. You're not going to be looking for that personal advancement. Unfortunately, sir, I have found that 
too many employees leave their personal development to their organization. So they expect that it's the organization that has to train me. No, they will not train you. Your personal development is first personal. So if you're not hungry, you will not look for food. So this is the time for us to, to sit down and say, look, even in my business, let me give you an example, sir. I was speaking to someone who, during the lock, before the lockdown, she had a baking business. So she would bake cakes and, and things like that and sell them. And she, would do, she was doing a lot of that. But the moment the lockdown occurred um, and logistics um, you know, were, were restrained, um, she realized that she could no longer, so to speak, just sell the, the usual way. And, and, I, and I say this, that I think poverty, and I say this with all sense of humility and respect, I think poverty is a blessing. And I say that because poverty forces you to think. Poverty forces you to say, I cannot live here anymore. Poverty gives you a wake-up call, like those four lepers that said, should we just sit down here until we die? Let us just do something, right? And this lady, you know, she got tired because she saw her income plummet. And one of, she had a, a, a coaching session with me, and I said to her, I said, you have a captive audience of Lord knows how many men and women, particularly women, who don't know how to bake a cake. They don't know how to make muffins. They all have a stove. They, they use the gas cooker, but they don't know how to use the oven. They don't know how to use the grill because that's what most Western people do. They don't know how to use that. Why don't you teach uh, stay-at-home people, moms and you know wives and ladies at home, how to bake cakes or muffin their oven at home? Charge them 5K. Charge them 10K. Go on Zoom. Do a webinar. Put the computer in your kitchen. The ingredients and, and you know do that. Pastor Femi, she sat down and she took my, that lady made nothing less than Leon Naira sitting from home, teaching a captive audience from her kitchen for about two hours, and she was good. Now, guess what, sir? That is a new income stream that she tapped into because she was hungry looking for a question. So she was hungry looking for food. If you are content, you will sit down here until you die. Until you are hungry, you will chase out there looking for results, sir. What? What is going on here? So hunger is not such a bad thing. <laughs> you know, uh, the Bible say, he that does not work, let him not eat. So sometimes feeding lazy people may not even be helping them because you said that um, hunger should drive people to think. Sir, let me, let me, let me say something. Forgive me for interrupting, sir. So um, on social media now, it's the era of giveaways. So every celebrity is doing giveaways, giveaways. And they all have their reasons. Maybe for some of them, it's altruistic reasons. For others, they're philanthropic reasons. For others, it's just clout. But they're doing giveaways. And I, I remember that some, you know, some person bought a bunch of my books. So I, I, wrote, a, I wrote a new book. Um, and she said she wanted to give the books away so that it would help people in this season concerning their finances because the book is all, uh, about money and people in her um, comments were saying who who book who book go help who i, I don't even know how to say it who book go help give us money go help. give us money we don't want which one we book give us a number and i'm saying that we are we are indigent and creating an indigent generation that do not understand the value of work they just want fish 
but no one wants to go get their own fish. So I, I'm sorry. I just, I'm sorry to cut you off. I just needed to say that, sir. You, 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 you're very welcome to say that because it's you we want to hear today. And that, you see, there's a difference between uh, wisdom and emotional surges. So today, everybody's doing giveaways and for many different reasons, but we need to be careful that we're not creating a generation who would refuse to go fishing or even learn how to fish. The Bible says, he that does not work, let him not eat. And there should be no food for the lazy man. So hunger sometimes gets people to move. And you may not even be hungry yet, but if you, if you, if you look into the future and you see inc income decline, consistently you know that hunger is on its way. And this is a time to take counsel, go online and Google the 10 top skills in 2020 and beyond and look for even free webinars and so on and trainings where you can up your ante because what used to work before is not likely to work or not work by itself anymore. You have to add something. You have to create real value. I like the example of, of your, your, um, your trainee that used to bake and sell and she found out that I can use the same knowledge to create a new income stream. And I'm sure all her customers are delighted to acquire a skill in this lockdown. And she rolled into the bank with at least a million naira. I hope she's, she paid your, your professional yes, fees. Yep. Otherwise, that wasn't I, will pray, that wasn't I will pray for her. <laughs> Thank you so much for that. We'll go to the fourth, um, um, the fourth um, item, which is, retooling so as to be relevant in the new order of things. Can I just allow me to say something about relevance? The worst thing in life is to be alive and made irrelevant. It is like premature, uh, what they call it, uh, uh, retirement. When you are irrelevant, your phone doesn't ring anybody, nobody needs you, you are dead waiting to be buried. So when, when the subject of relevance is being spoken about, look at this COVID making industries irrelevant. So many things are just going to die and rot there. So retooling so as to be relevant in the new order of things is something we need you to uh, uh, give us some understanding, talk to us, and this will really bless someone. Thank you. Go ahead. Thank you, sir. Um, again, when we when when it comes to retooling, um, we all we all need to be futuristic and saying to ourselves, "What is the threat to my business?" We all need to be able to do some sort of SWOT analysis on ourselves, on our businesses, on our jobs, and say, "What are the strengths that I have? What's my competitive leverage? What are the weaknesses?" of either my business, either my industry, either my job. What are the opportunities? So for example, there are many organizations who perhaps um, are not very conversant with using technology to either market or you know, get their job done. So now organizations are gonna find out that um, working remotely is way cheaper than having a bunch of staff. And guess what? Um, the guys who are working remotely, you can give them three people's job, pay them half of the salary they were earning before, doesn't make it right, but 
you still, because it's a business concern. So those are the threats to your business, right? So when you look at the opportunities and say, my organization doesn't understand technology. I understand technology. What if I can help my organization and become that person who can help the organization with digital marketing, with email, um, whatchamacallum, this, that, and the other. Now you are like Joseph who has shown his relevance to Pharaoh. And Pharaoh says, where else can we get a man who has the spirit of God just like you, right? So when you come to Pharaoh, you don't come to Pharaoh with ideas to say, I was thinking that you don't have an idea. That's not what you come with. You come to Pharaoh with strategy, with a plan of action and a possible idea or way to return their investments and multiply their profits. That's what every one of us needs to be able to do. This is no longer the time for um, entrepreneurs to just market by saying, buy my stuff, buy my stuff, buy my stuff. That's no longer good enough. You've got to give them a major reason. You know, uh, the federal government's mentioned just you know recently during the lockdown that certain businesses do not qualify as essential services. You know what I mean? So, but every entrepreneur should be insulted by that. Like, how dare you say that my business is not essential? You know what I mean? Well, as far as they're concerned, we, you are in the desire category. So how do you turn your nice-to-do product into, or nice-to-have product, into a product? You've got to now go beyond features. You even have to go beyond benefits. You now have to go into selling your customers a fantasy, your customers' frustration, your customers' de desire. And that's a totally different fish. So even organizations now need to invest in training, in knowledge development, because, you know, um, Henry Ford said that if I ever had to ask my customers what they needed in form of transportation, everybody would have said we needed a faster horse. But he can mean so sometimes you've got to go and look futuristically down the path and say, where is this industry going? Do some sorts of SWOT analysis. Everyone, if you don't know how to do a SWOT analysis, sweetheart, don't worry about it. Go to YouTube and learn. Type how to do SWOT analysis. There, there are going to be tons of videos with templates and just sit down. This is the time for critical thinking. This is the time to think about your life with or without the soundtrack you can sit and just think about your life and start give, asking yourself hard <laughs> questions sir that's what it's about oh th thank you so so much as you were speaking about thinking critical um, thinking i'm sure people that know me are saying this man has been saying this for at least almost two decades right. i tell people there's a difference between thinking and reasoning because when you're thinking about a situation, you may get, go into depression. But reasoning is looking at the situation and working out how to get out of it. And so maybe this is the time for me to start a critical thinking school. <laughs> because it's one thing that I just talk about all the time. Lazy thinking. Poor thinking. Yes. No, no, no sense of rationale. But let me um, just recap on what you said about retilience so as not to become irrelevant in the new order of things. It says that you have to retool by, in your mind, how you look at things. You can't just sell your products anymore. 
you must be selling solutions. So it's a come with more than ideas. You need to show up with results. Let whatever you're doing become a must-have because people are um, uh, trimming down what they go to the market to get. People are, they have learned the hard way. So there's not going to be any easy money anymore. So you need to really get to the point where you think clearly. You know, and it says, if you don't know how to do SWOT analysis, just go YouTube because knowledge is all over the cyber space. And instead of just using your, your data to just um, um, Netflix and all these things as good as they are, it's also very important to use this thing, um, use it to build a future for yourself. And um, in, in the new, in, when it comes to retooling, it's also very important that it's not just a business retooling, personal retooling, reorganizing yourself, making yourself more sellable. You cannot be a slouch anymore. You can't talk anyhow anymore. You need to be careful how to manage your social media um, uh, platforms because people check these things out. Don't, 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 not everything is funny anymore because everybody is looking for the best right now. And so thank you. You're back again. I, I like the way you're resilient. Just do whatever you have to do to be with us. I, I want to take, go to the last um, subject. And um, if, if I get one or two salient questions, I'm going to bring them up to you. But everybody out there, um, by the morning, you will have um, the takeaways and the accepts and the nuggets of, of, of wisdom from this uh, live broadcast. We're going to capture all those things said by our guest contributor and myself and put them in slides on social media or website. So you, at, at one glance, you will see everything that you need to know. And um, we will also try and answer some questions that we can't answer now. I know that, um, Steve Harris, you will stay with us and help us answer some questions that are very pertinent. And so you can type your questions we may not be able to deal with it today, but tomorrow you will see the excerpts and you'll see answers to those questions. The, the fifth um, area we want you to deal with us or deal with for us is um, how to subscribe to the survivor's emotional intelligence and mental toughness. Emotional intelligence in the, in the simple form that everybody can chew on and swallow and mental um, toughness. Uh, mental toughness talks about the resilient and confidence necessary to effectively deal with the prevailing challenges and pressures that ultimately will lead to success. And it's very predictable that people that have mental toughness tend to make it. So let me leave this to our guest contributor. You are the best man for the job. Ro. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Um, so to answer your question, I think the immediate um, thing to do is to break our limiting beliefs. Um, and I'm going to explain that every individual um, has basic belief systems that are predetermined um, on their exposure or their associations. Um, so I like to say it this way, your life experiences will create your belief systems. Your belief systems will determine your decision and your decisions will determine your destiny. So I'm, I'm going to say that again. Your life experiences will determine your belief systems. 
your belief systems will determine your decisions and ultimately your decisions will determine your destiny. Now, why is this important? Many of us are unaware that we are running programs. We are running scripts. There are there's software that is running our hardware without our permission. There's a reason you live in the kind of house that you live. It's based on something that you have been conditioned by without your permission. So let me give you a very um, practical um, example. So um, my, my parents are middle class, lower middle class. I think everybody in Nigeria is lower middle class, lower middle class. Um, and when we were growing up, um, my father, who's an amazing man, um, because they were both entrepreneurs, my mom and dad, every time we would go meet them for money, my, my parents would say, my dad particularly would say, um, do you think money grows on trees? Um, do you think I'm made of money? Um, and my personal favorite, you know, don't you know you have to manage? We have to manage. We have to manage. So I grew up hating the term manage because it meant that I had to live with hand-me-downs. It meant that my mom would go to Balogun markets or, you know, uh, you know, to buy clothes, bend down boutique, wash them, starch them, iron them, give us back. Um, so we never really, so to speak, had the best. So while I remember it in high school, my, my two best friends, uh, Anthony and Obina, were traveling abroad for the holidays, um, and we were going in broad for the holidays, all right? So that <laughs> meant we were, going to our, we were going to our village for the holidays. So I asked my dad, and this is very important, um, you have to question every experience you have because you don't know why. So I asked my dad, and I said, yo, dad, how come we're always going to Asaba? For the holidays and my dad said to me he, you know i thought he, he looked at me and he wanted to make this a teachable moment that this young whippersnapper would never forget and he said to me you need to know your roots you need to know your roots so i mean i, I was like really roots so i said to him but come on dad um obina is going to the us tony is going to the uk how come they're experiencing branches and how come we're experiencing roots? <laughs> so, <laughs> so, let, let me just say that the slap, he slapped me. I didn't ask him that question again. You know, <laughs> it had, but it had psychologically ingrained something inside of me that I was not aware of. So when I grew up, <clears throat> excuse me, when I grew up, um, I didn't know, so I even I had said, I will never manage in my life, lie, lie, I will never manage in Jesus' name, I will, you know, whatever. But I found out that my life experiences were defining my belief systems. My belief systems were, dis, were, were determining my decisions, and my decisions were determining my results. Now, what do I mean practically? So, um, Pastor Femi, as many of you perhaps don't know, Pastor Femi is also my pastor, and um, he wedded my beautiful wife and I. Um, about 11 years ago, yes. <laughs> so he did the, the ceremony. It was a beautiful ceremony, and we're, 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 all, we're, we're grateful. Um, after the service, sir, after the service, you know, we, you know, we, we, got, to, we got to the house, and we, you know, we got married life. Um, now, my wife has a different life experience from me. She's very loving and huggy, touchy, kissy-feely. My family, on the other hand, not so much. So one of these days, as a good son, as you taught me, as a good son, I wanted to give my wife the beautiful things in life. So she and I decided to, you know, we had this thing that, you know, every Sunday after church, we just go out to a really nice place to go eat. Now, this is 11 years ago. 
And back in the day, I would go to, you know, TFC. I'm sorry, sir, I know she's your daughter, but God has helped us now. But this is the <laughs> You know, so back then, I would take her to TFC. I would take her to, you know, Mr. Biggs. And if I had plenty of money, I would take her to Mama Cass. And she didn't complain as the good woman she is. But one of these days, we went to Mama Cass. And we, you know, I thought we were having a pretty good time. And my wife says to me, you know what? One of these days, you and I should go to a co-hotel to have lunch. She said that. I said, eh, what did you just say? She said, <laughs> let's, go, let's go to a co-hotel to have lunch. I said, I'm sorry, what are they doing there? She said, let's go and eat now. I said, I don't understand. Don't you recognize that their food is expensive? Now, let me quickly say this, Pastor. At that time, 30 years old, I had never never been to Eco Hotel, I'd never restaurant where I had to walk in and pay or any of those things. And I said to my wife, their food is expensive. So now here's the, here's the teachable moment. You have no facts for what you are afraid of. You have no facts for what you are afraid of. So many of us are denying ourselves experiences that we have no proof for, right? So I said to her, you know, you know their food is expensive. So she kept on going on and on, and I, you know, I tried to you know, duck the conversation, but I, eventually I couldn't because she was making such a fuss, and I didn't say, I didn't know when I said to her, drop the subject. Don't you know we have to manage? Manage. <laughs> I can tell you are going there. <laughs> exactly. So all of a sudden, I had this eureka moment that, oh my goodness, I'm turning into my dad. Now, all this time, Despite what my mouth was saying, the program that was scripting my behavior was one of scarcity. It was one of a lack of abundance. It was one of, I, I, I don't have enough and da, 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 da. So I need to hoard. I need to hold it. I can't, you know, there was no sufficiency in my thinking. It wasn't until, and let me run through it very quickly. So she and I argued. She didn't talk to me. You know, we drove home. But I realized that, if I continue this path, one day I'm going to have kids and my kids will not necessarily do what I say. They will do what they see me do. So they will replicate the pattern. Just like, you know, the Bible says that when, you know, when J uh, Jacob uh, put the, the, his, his flock in front of speckled and spotted streaks uh, and they gave birth to what they saw. And we don't know that our children are modeling our behavior. So fast forward one of those days. I decided that this curse must end with me. This generational cycle must end. I would go into the Eco Hotel. So I drove in, sir. You know, drove into the Eco Hotel. Um, as many of you know, there's a ramp there. So, I, you know, so I, uh, I noticed that there was a time card. So I got the buzzer, picked the card, and it said that the first 15 minutes are free, but every minute after that is 200 merit. Now, sir, I said to myself, I had like 20K in my pocket. I, I said to myself, I want to be here longer than 15 minutes. Now, I don't, know, I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. I had money in my pocket. 2,200 naira was not an issue. But I had a limiting belief that said, I cannot be wasting money on parking. parking That's how yeah. you never have someone who's watching. You would go to the movie. Maybe you go to ShopRite, go to the city mall, go watch a movie. And you have to, you know, you, you have to get a card or, you know, a time ticket or something. Once the movie is done, you're hurrying your children and everybody. Oh, yeah, let's go, let's go, let's go. We don't want the money to get to 400 naira because we are here for two hours. Let it just be one, uh, 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 200 naira. So we're being penny wise and pound foolish. So the problem that we're having is 
many of us are having limiting beliefs that we're not aware of. Long story short, sir, I go up into the restaurants, and as I walk into this restaurant, the ambience and the sky, uh, sky lounge, and it's all, the ambience is amazing. The first thought that comes into my mind, sir, is Steve-O, you go wash plates. <laughs> <laughs> Now here's, now, here's the thing, Pastor. Do we, and this is, the, this is a question for everyone, do you know anyone who has ever washed plates or washed dishes at a restaurant because they couldn't pay? No, we don't. But we have taken a lie and made it our truth. So many of us are, are walking around with true lies, true lies, lies that have been passed on that we've not verified. There's no veracity for it. But we just take it as gospel, no pun intended. We take it as gospel without proving and asking the right questions. Long story short, sir. The way um, the menu, he asked, would you have to place an order? And I do this thing that I'm sure a lot of us will probably relate to shopping, sir, on the right side of the menu. Now, for those of you who may not know what I'm talking about, the left on the left, <laughs> left side of the menu is the item. On the right side of the menu is the price. So what you want to eat is what you want to buy. So you're, I was looking, I'm looking at all these things, drinks. I see water, 500 naira, a bottle. For what? When seaway, a whole seaway of how many liters is 300? Even uh, <laughs> water is five, these people are here to see. So I'm, I'm having this Jekyll and Hyde arguing with myself. Long story short, I order Coca-Cola, a thousand naira for a bottle of Coke. In my mind, I'm like, these guys are criminals. A crate of Coke is 960 outside, and I'm spending 1K <laughs> on one bottle. Oh, my God. Right? I have data and facts. See, many of us, Pastor, have too much data and facts for poverty. We know how much a crate of a, a, a whatchamacallum is. We know how much a Go TV is. We know how much all the things that will not set us, we do not know. But you don't know the, how much a flight ticket costs. Because you've never experienced it. Don't know how much food in a hotel costs. You didn't ask yourself that question. You don't know how much it is to get a house in VGC. You didn't ask that. Your questions are constantly leading you to your past instead of leading you to your future. So what you need to do, ladies and gentlemen of Grace Assembly who's watching around the world, is like Pastor Femi said, ask yourself the critical questions. Are the questions, you know, you have to ask yourself, how come I'm living in this house? This house that I'm renting, Seth. That is a face me, I face you. I my life, face me, I face you. You because you don't know the answers are determining your belief systems, your belief systems, all those things. Long story brings my, my Coca-Cola, pours it into the glass, the glass is full, the bottle is half full, and then sir, this tries to do the unthinkable. He walks away with my bottle of Coca-Cola with dicing. <laughs> He walks away. As he's walking away, I'm saying to myself, ah, is that what they used to do here? Ah, ah this, this guy is here. So I this guy was the time yeah, So I'm having this huge schizophrenic moment. So you remember, you know, sir, I was raised in Yanopaja where my parents have a home. So the Yanopaja part of me was like, ah, ah, is that what they used to do here? Call this guy back. The island part of me was like, ah, no, now you're a big boy. Let him go. He's a tip. Yanopaja was like, tip, <laughs> Island boy was like, don't come at this grace also. And we're having this Jekyll and Hyde moment. The guy is going, and all of a sudden, I didn't know when I can't call him. <laughs> Come back. <laughs> and he shows up. And he says, sir, is there a problem? I said, 
you know, I was visibly embarrassed. I was like, oh, sorry, I don't understand. Um, my bottle, I don't, you know, you took. He now said, oh, I'm so sorry, sir. Forgive my tardiness. I thought it was empty. Um, then he now says to me, oh, I'm so sorry, sir. I, I mean no disrespect. Is this your first time? Hey. What? I was caught out. <laughs> I was so embarrassed. But all this time, Pastor, and this is the point, so I don't, I don't, I don't ramble. This is the point, sir. For 30-odd years, I had never entered the Eco Hotel or any of those type of hotels. Because to me, it was like the promised land. It was full of giants. And it was not for people like me. So I had a belief oh. system that it's only rich people that can experience this thing. People like me do not, not go to places like this. If they must carry me. If I, if I make the mistake, they must pay for me. Because I have nothing it takes. But sir, here's the teachable moment. I didn't know that in all those 30 years of ignorance, I could have bought a drink, a bottle, 500 naira water would have given me admission into the Sky Bar. 1,000 naira right. Coke would have given me. Yes. So my point is, your next level requires information. It requires exposure. It requires you breaking off the shackles. It requires you associating with people like Pastor Femi Paul who would stretch you and stretch. I remember, sir, when I was privileged to be your personal assistant back in the day, you, you would give me letters to write. I would write a letter that had errors. I would think that, why is this guy making such a fuss? I mean, did I write the letter? And you will correct my grammar, my syntax, my construction. And you're like, Harris, this is not how you write. You will say, go and do it again. I'm like, oh, Paul, it's not just to write letter, you know? But I didn't recognize that at the time, the level of your exposure was calling deep out of my deep. You know, and that's what we need to do. So, sir, hats off to you. Thank you for investing so much in me. I truly tell you for a fact, and I've told you this before, I would not be half the man I am today if you had not taken a chance on this two-time college dropout that no one believed in. But you believed in me first, and that I will be forever grateful. Oh, my God. Thank you so, so much. Um, this is Steve Harris, the vintage Steve Harris, speaks from his heart, wants to be a blessing, and he has broken apart the myth and the seeming um, difficulty to understand emotional intelligence and mental toughness. It takes a lot of toughness for you to break the mold. And what is it telling us? It says there are limiting belief systems programmed into our lives that predetermines our limitations. So no matter what opportunities come up, we will not even see the opportunities. But I know, you know, there's something you did. And I want to share this when it comes to mental toughness and emotional intelligence. Once you and I connected and you could trust me, you started up in the game. I remember inviting Fela to come and speak. Fela is uh, is a good friend of the family. My wife, Tara, we, we, we're good. And after I spoke, you were like in a trance. Is this a man or is he a God? And you say, Pastor, I like this guy. And I said, yeah, he'll come again. And then one day you said, Pastor, would you release me to go with Fela and go and learn? And I said, I don't own you. <laughs> Maybe I have finished my part. But you see, that you broke the limitation on your mind. You saw a giant and you said, I could be like this giant if you let me go with me. It, it, it uprooted you from where you are used to on the mainland. You had to go to VGC. 
yep. to the land of the Lord, two different worlds entirely. You know why I'm so proud of you? You, you, you didn't allow the, the, you know, that sense of, ah, how will I behave when I get there? Will I fit in? Um, will this happen? You, you, you just, you just, you dove into the water and you submerged. And when I asked him, I said, he's doing very well. And cut the long story short, here is Steve Harris today. Everybody is thanking God for you. We're coming to the end of this um, live transmission. I am sure you've been so blessed, particularly when people like Pastor Yobi spoke from their heart to you. Kenny spoke with the heart. Um, Conrad Adigwe spoke from the heart. And now Steve Harris is speaking from the heart. And it's all about taking the next step forward. You must start from where you are at. God always takes into account who you are now, what you have and what you don't have. And God says you can still move forward. Here was my personal assistant who wanted to be a motivational speaker, dropped out of school. And he was bold enough to ask me. And I was ready for that. And I said, you go. And I said, fella, this is my boy. This is my guy. I want you to take him. I recommend that he will, he will he is not a danger to you. And today, look at where we're at. And so here is you listening. And there are more giants going to come from this live uh, broadcast. I want to thank Steve Harris on uh, behalf of the pastorate and all the members of Grace Assembly in, uh, in Lagos and in, in the diaspora because we have members who stream in from everywhere. I want to thank God for all of you. And so this is the third leg of preparing for the new. It has been a blessing. And um, this time next week, we'll go to another leg. I, I want to ask you to please join me for thank God it is Friday, TGIF on Friday, where we kind of let out steam on a very casual note. It's, it's not church. It's just us getting together and looking at the issues of life, encouraging one another. And um, I look forward to seeing you uh, at that point in time. Um, for our members, um, you know that I always leave you with an encouraging song. And this, it's, it is destined to win. Because the equation of the covenant of grace means we're destined to win. By divine intervention and by the God factor as we prepare ourselves, God is always working round the clock through angelic assistance to help us. The story we've heard today is a brother's story and it could be your own story. Yes, if um, Steve is able to rejoin us I'd like him to give one last word. Thank you so much for the honor and the great privilege it's been to um, worship and be a part of Grace Assembly uh, today. I had an amazing time. Thank you so much, Pastor, for investing in me. Uh, thank you so much for being a father, being a mentor. Um, I'm incredibly honored and humbled. God bless you, sir. And God bless you, too. I'm so proud of you. I mean, you are one of us. What can I say? What can I say? What better testament that we have? And thank you for flying the flag of the Lord High, of Grace Assembly, and myself. I thank your wife for releasing you, my love to her. And I, I know that you're streaming sometimes, I see you. Please keep doing that, sending us your ideas. And I want everyone to pray for all our guest contributors that the world hasn't seen anything yet. By angelic assistance, you will shine the light to the nations in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And um, as as and I want everyone to love and support one another. And we are going to see the end of this pandemic. 
and we're going to step into the new world by the grace of God. And men will see our good works and glorify our Father in heaven.